Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Culture Nerd Podcast. Uh, this week we're actually going to be talking about the passing of Kevin Conroy, the iconic actor uh, most notably known for Batman for the past 30 years. Uh, he passed away this past week and we felt it was uh, it was necessary to talk about him and kind of reminisce a bit and celebrate his life as an actor and uh, the Batman that we all imagine in our minds. So uh, thank you for joining us and here we go. Oh, how are you doing, buddy? I knew that you were sad about this when I texted you and asked you. I said, Batman died. And you just said, I know. No, no explanation, no insider information, just sitting with it. And uh, I don't think it hit me the day of, but I feel like as I sat with it longer, it was like, oh, wow. That was the voice of Batman. Like, no, you know, other people have done it. And when it wasn't Kevin Conroy, it was like, oh, well, why didn't you get Batman? You have a Batman. He truly did something spectacular with that character. He really did. And I think Kevin was like the the Batman that kind of defined our childhoods in a way. I mean, you and I were both born in the late 80s, and he stepped into the role of Batman in 1992. And that was kind of like right around the time we were in like kindergarten, right? Like the first time we started consuming the media for the first time as like, as like kind of like functioning people. Um, but we, uh, I wanted to get into a little bit about who he was uh, outside of that as well. I mean, we're obviously going to talk a lot about him as Batman because he is Batman for everyone. But um, we talked about it briefly. I mean, he was born uh, November 30th, 1955 in Westbury, New York and um, Irish Catholic family. So he was raised very spiritual. And a lot of his more recent interviews when people would ask him like, hey, what are your thoughts on death? He would be very spiritual and very talk, very like life is beyond this. Like it's not just we're down and that's it. Like there was some uh, very kind of beautiful tributes that he put online. Like there was a, a family members of someone that died and he was contacted and he gave them this quick two minute video of Kind of like celebrating that person's life and telling them that life is is more than this and it was really really touching to see because his thoughts on death were that it's not it and i think a lot of people kind of need to hear that for that his view was at least that not in this uh, kind of atheistic approach he believed that life did carry on in one form or the other um but it makes uh, it it makes sense that he would be would have some other worldly views on this because i mean death is the cloak that batman is wrapped in i mean the character deals with death up front that is the the unifying trauma that brings you into batman is that loss and it's something that you know i don't know do you think of batman as I mean, I guess Batman was always the arbiter of hope, right? Like he was light. He dealt, he had all of these tragedies, but he kept fighting on. He kept putting on the costume and moving forward. And that's always felt was the most unique thing about the character. I mean, he, he, everything that Batman was, everything that Kevin brought to that role. I mean, there was a lot of articles that brought up that Kevin brought 
the most human version of Batman that we've ever had and probably ever will have. And Kevin Conroy's Batman's humanity was what defined him for a lot of people. And Batman as a character, I mean, like you said, shrouded in death. I mean, his parents were murdered. Instead of going any which way he could have, he chose to try to prevent that for everyone else. He tried to be a symbol of hope that was wrapped in the darkness. And that that is Batman. That's what Kevin brought to this role. Um, it's it's really hard to to think of anyone else really in that role. I mean, we talked about it before going into. I mean, anyone will ask you like, who oh who's your favorite Batman? And you can tell oh it's Michael Keaton, it's Ben Affleck, it's George Clooney, or anything you want to say, right? But most people always think that Kevin Conroy is their definitive Batman. He played him for almost thirty years. So, and played and, him consistently, and played him in yeah. all the versions of Batman media. I mean, he was almost everything but film, which isn't true because didn't Mask of the Phantasm play in theaters? I mean, that you know, he was a Batman. Yeah. yeah, I mean, let's just jump right into his kind of filmography. I mean, Batman the animated series ran from 1992 to 1995. He played the the like the character, he played Batman and Bruce Wayne. And one of the most amazing things that I remember as a kid and still am impressed with is that he actually developed two distinct voices for Bruce Wayne and Batman. Both versions had a different voice. Yeah. And they were kind of amazing. Um, I actually grabbed a clip of the very first episode of the show. And this episode showed that that duality that he brought. And this was on the episode um, on Leather Wings. It was the first initial playback of the entire series. It was Batman versus Man Bat. And in this uh, sequence, he is in the Batcave with Alfred and um, he's talking to Alfred as Batman and he gets a phone call and then switches to Bruce Wayne mid-sentence. I didn't realize you'd taken up listening to rock and roll, sir. You know, I actually did check this against any musical sounds. Computer still can't come close to pinpointing it. Wayne Manor, one moment, please. A call for Master Bruce from a Dr. March. Hey, what's up, Doc? You have bats, Mr. Wayne. Common brown bats. They shouldn't pose a problem. As the weather gets colder, they'll move on. What about the sound on the tape? It's actually two sounds, starlings and brown bats, probably fighting over a nest in your chimney. Appreciate the help, Doc. I'll return the favor next time you're raising funds. Bye-bye. This computer checked that fiber against every animal species known to man. I always loved that. Bruce Wayne is a mask that Batman is forced to wear. Batman is the true individual. And that's honestly how Conroy always played him. Like, Bruce Wayne was the, was the mask. I mean, it's always so impressive when you hear that he did that uh so well it's so crazy that the first episode of that show takes on man bat i i never i never put that together that's such a huge thing to go off on uh and even like even in that episode some of this dialogue is a little cheeky you know what i mean there with the the good old-fashioned warner brothers reference or the cartoon and he just delivers it so well you know what i mean yeah. Go back and listen to some Transformers 
they're talking nonsense. They're using nonsense words. And uh, it's pretty nice to see him take it. I mean, I think it's what elevates that show. I mean, that show is so much more than the sum of its parts. And what one of those big parts was his performance. Yeah. And that that show was ahead of its time. I mean, there's, I mean, it ran for those three years, but it won awards. It won, like, it was known for, like just being a, the A game of television, right? I mean, it it won Emmys for its quality, and it attracted just so many different fantastic actors to do random voices in the show. Um, you had, I mean, obviously uh, Mark Hamill played the Joker in that show, but he was actually the replacement for Tim Curry. Tim Curry was supposed to be the Joker, and then had to back out the last second. Mark Hamill stepped in and gave us the most iconic Joker that we still Just have to this day. Knocked it out of the park so hard we never looked for anybody. I mean, there are some other good ones, but I mean, yeah. I mean, they got Ron Perlman as Clayface. That's pretty right. rad. Right. Um, they've got. Uh, let me see who else. I'm trying to think of some other good ones that they had. I wonder if Ron Perlman was ever at, I wonder if there's an audio of him doing Batman dialogue. I, I wonder if he was ever in the, in talks in that show. I mean, you have uh, David Warner, I believe he played Ra's al Ghul, uh, David Warner being the MCP of Tron. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like that. Uh, just some fantastic, just across the board acting. Um, but as that show continued, it also spurred off its spinoff film. You brought it up, The Mask of the Phantasm, back in 93. It made it to theaters. It blew up firmly as, like, Batman's first real origin film, a dedicated origin film, right? I mean, you didn't have any other film that showed Batman's origin in almost any capacity. You had all, like, flashbacks and whatnot. And this film was pretty flashback-heavy, but it also showed... Batman's day one and the, the ski mask and the, the sweater and realizing he has to be the bat. And then this scene itself where he's standing in the dark, staring at the mask was probably one of the coolest scenes. And this film, it obviously used, this film and the series used uh, the Tim Burton, Danny Elfman uh, soundtrack, but kind of tweaked it to made it its own. Um, and as that show continued, there was a brief hiatus where they did, uh, leave the air for a little bit, then returned uh, the late 90s with uh, the world's finest made-for-TV film that segued into the new Batman Adventures, where a lot of people just consider it Batman Season 4, but it was technically a new show. This I, show didn't, I totally just thought that was Batman Season 4. I didn't even yeah. know that was a new show. Yeah, I mean, it spurred up almost two years later. Like, wow. it was, Batman had ended, and then they, they shifted over to the Superman show. And then as the Superman show kept going, they started introducing heroes, and they said, why don't we introduce and modernize Batman for this show? But um, Batman it, never went away. Like, even though there was breaks, Batman was on every Saturday and most afternoons. Batman played a really long time. And then when Batman went away from, like, the normal afternoon cartoon channels, it was on Cartoon Network for a hot minute. It was. And it was interesting because uh, the Batman animated series and then the new adventurers they were very different in how they kind of portrayed Batman. Um, the animated series was meant to be somewhat timeless, but at the same time, they did have these little closeted references to being set in like the thirties and forties where there was, I remember as a kid seeing one episode where um, 
he brought up like, oh, I went to school with Thomas Wayne and then Batman like pulls up his dad's yearbook and it says Thomas Wayne 1939 or something. And it showed like that show took place way, way in the past compared to the more modernized version of the new Batman adventures where it had, it had robots it had modern day stuff. It was, it was essentially, it wasn't some like fifties pulp show. It was set as a kind of a modernized show. And that one introduced uh, Nightwing and introduced uh, Batgirl as the main, like his Bat family was kind of the main front center for this show. And they skipped over Jason Todd, obviously, because it'd be a little bit of a dark approach, but they jumped right into Tim Drake and they mixed Tim and Jason into one character. Um, I firmly loved this series as a whole. I mean, Batman animated series had some amazing episodes. It had some absolutely fantastic jaw-dropping bits. Um, for this show in particular, anime series, um, they introduced Harley Quinn for the first time. That was where she came from. Um, and then you had episodes like uh, Mr. Freeze's uh, Heart of Ice, which was just fantastic. Um, Robin's Reckoning was a, a beautiful one. I remember um, Heart of Steel being one that kind of kind of messed me up as a kid. I'm not sure if you remember this one where there was that robot who thought it was Batman and had like this existential crisis thinking he was dumb. And No, I don't remember that one, but that's, that's super crazy. That's sad. It was a... a very adult topics, very grown-up show. Um, and then the new Batman Adventures, they kind of carry that in and they made it just as dark. And there was one episode called Never Fear, I remember, where Batman, you don't know this to like the end of the episode, but Batman is sprayed. Um, I, no, it might not have been Never Fear. It was the, that was one where he was sprayed with a, a, an anti-fear toxin. He just became like a monster because he wasn't scared of anything anymore. But there was one episode um, where Batgirl dies in the show. Oof. Um, it was it was like a uh, it was called Over the Edge. That's it. Um, the show Scarecrow messed with his head and he had this entire fear based hallucination in his mind where Batgirl is essentially thrown off of a building and dies as she collides with her father's cop car. He pulls off the mask, realizes that it's his daughter, and then starts a manhunt to hunt down Batman. And it's like the whole city is hunting him down and just gunning for him and it was this tremendously dark episode and um, he was uh romantically involved with this barbara gordon wasn't that part of this canon yes but it was also very it, this canon was very unique in the fact that later on they did kind of allude to that in batman beyond but it was it was never really front and center i know a lot of fans did not like it and i think he i think uh they did kind of jump into it again with another another project that Kevin was involved with. But yeah, um, his main foil in this show was obviously Mask of the Phantasm. He had Andrea Beaumont was his main love interest. And then you had kind of the reoccurring was Talia al Ghul and uh, Catwoman were the main ones for the, the Batman animated shows. But as this show wrapped up, as the people kind of were like, okay, we're kind of done watching Batman and kind of moved on. It lasted for two years. But by the end of 1999, they brought... Batman Beyond into the fold, and they aged everyone up quite a bit. Um, you, now you get to see Batman pretending to be an old man, aging his voice up another 20 years, and he's introduced to his new protege, Terry McGinnis. And then this show, on paper, a lot of people didn't think it was going to work. It seemed hokey and silly. I mean, Batman's an old man, and now you have a teenager as Batman, and it just didn't seem to it didn't seem like it would 
be a thing that people wanted until it happened. And it was Bruce fantastic. Wayne, Bruce Wayne is great at getting child soldiers. He's so good at talking <laughs> children into risking their lives. Uh, the show was so fun and it was so great to see new villains and see Batman tuned up in a fun way and also like bump up his power level. I don't know. I was, I always wanted more out of Batman beyond. I wanted more Robins. I wanted, I wanted a full universe and I feel like we only scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess and- the, the Robin of the show is just old man Batman when he puts on, you know, robot suits and has to take care of business. Right. Right. And, and during this time when he was doing this, he still portrayed Batman. I mean, he, he did voice work for Batman, and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. It's a direct-to-movie set in the Batman animated series. And it was, ironically, it was also set, even though it was during the time frame of the Batman adventures, the new Batman adventures with that new art style, Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero took the original art style of the other show. And then you had yeah. Return of the Joker, the Batman Beyond movie, which was criminally underrated for a lot of people. Um, later on, you had Batman, Myster- Batman Mystery of the Batwoman, and then he guest appeared even on Superman animated series and those spin-offs, Static Shock and the Zeta Project. Zeta Project being this kind of like often forgot about spin-off of Batman Beyond. It's very but, forgot about. I don't even remember the Zeta Project. It was a weird one, but um But I remember Static Shock. Ba- I watched a bunch of Static Shock. Yep. Um as this show wrapped up, uh the DC animated universe never ceases to end, so it jumped right into Justice League. This show, um, it was it was interesting because it also adapted a very similar but also very different art style. Everyone looked different. Superman was drawn to have more chiseled jaw and look older. Uh, the Flash had got a redesign, different Green Lantern this time around instead of Kyle Rayner from the Superman show. Batman um, looking like a demon, looking like a yeah. demon from another dimension. Yeah, they took uh, they took all of his designs from the previous two shows. Um, even the flashbacks, all the different different peaks, and then they decided let's make them let's make them different. Let's give let's bring the blue back instead of the black and gray, but let's also make these wings these these ears gargantuan. And on this show, there were so many moments that just Batman screamed Batman like iconically. There were times uh, where Batman was like, "Oh, we have to turn ourselves in because something's happening." And he's like, "No, I don't do that. I'm just part of the team. I'm a part timer." And he would like have these really funny but like dead serious moments it was very iconic batman yeah you put batman in a group setting and the dude isn't a group you know he doesn't play on the team he's always he's always funny but he's also like the mvp of every squad you want batman on your squad always yeah there were so many great moments of this original show and then they segued it into an even bigger show when they introduced justice league unlimited in 2004 where they decided to like make the whole world as a justice league essentially. And they, they drafted like hundreds of heroes, but this episode in particular um, where he sits with a, one of the Royal flesh gang, that was a pretty, pretty rough episode, but it was also a, an episode that brought back Batman beyond. It kind of gave that show its own closure because in this show, Kevin Conroy did the voice of both old and young Bruce Wayne again. Um, but in this specific, specific scene, Amanda Waller is telling Terry about how when Ten was losing her mind, going crazy and about to die, um, Batman decided to sit with her and wait with her until she died. And 
stayed with her until the very end. And then that's when she was like, I knew Batman needed to exist. So in that canon, they tied, uh, they basically turned Batman Beyond in a retconning way into Terry, M- Terry McGinnis being a biological offspring of Bruce Wayne. Wow. And and they did this. And the, the way they phrased it was um, she had basically made this, through the use of Cadmus, she had basically rewrote uh, Terry McGinnis's father's DNA to match Bruce Wayne's so that any kid he would have would also be Bruce Wayne's kid, essentially. Whoa. And she had hired an assassin, which was the beautiful cameo of an, of the Phantasm. She hired an assassin to kill the parents to recreate the scenario of giving birth to Batman. But as soon as the Phantasm realized what was happening, she backed out and said, no, I'm not doing this. And the way she even phrased it was, God works in mysterious ways and Gotham will always need a Batman. So even though she failed, Terry's dad still died. Terry ended up finding the Batcave, finding the suit, and became Batman and became the successor that she always hoped he would be in a much natural progression. It was this really awesome episode called Epilogue. And if you haven't seen anything of Justice League Unlimited, but you love Batman Beyond, just watch that one episode because it is top tier. What show did they do next? Well, after that, they they did kind of take took a little deeper, uh, a bit of a break as Batman, but then he reappeared in this weird anime called. It's Batman so good! It's Gotham so Night. good! It's so fun! It's super good though. It's an anthology. It was kind of like all of the the, the animatrix at the time, just a bunch of random stories, a bunch of random animated anime writers and directors and crews, and they originally kind of pitched it as a bridging sequel between. Um, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and it never really was that um, I mean you could consider it if you want to because there's some stories that do kind of line up with The Dark Knight but um, no, it this just episode feels, in particular yeah this just feels like fun Batman stories these just feel like <laughs> one one off Batman stories and Batman was finally get to got, got to get drawn like anime yeah and that, that one specific one Deadshot was such a good one because I remember when we first saw it, it was the team that made Vampire Hunter D. Yeah. And it was such a good, um, it was just like, it was jaw dropping how good it was. And there was even some uh, lines where Alfred's like, why do you have all these guns here? Why do you do all this? And he's like, he's like, I don't, I don't hate them. I don't fear them, but I need to understand them. Mm. And he kind of just like went into this whole like backstory of why guns aren't the enemy it's the person who uses them it was this really cool cool bit um but then uh his time as batman did not end because almost immediately after finishing that one he jumped into the animated adaptation of the graphic novel batman and superman public enemies and it's pretty good <laughs> it's pretty good um it's got some it's, good stuff in it it's got some great stuff in it the, the fight that batman and superman have versus shazam and hawkman is a really cool sequence that's a very good um, one yeah and then it, it, it gets it kind of jumps the shark a bit just like the book did where batman and like the toy master and there's like a batman gundam and it's like it's really weird but it's it's super cool um but then we're going to jump a bit into what most people who, who didn't obviously didn't grow up with batman the animated series most people will recognize him from the arkham asylum trilogy yeah this was kind of what for a lot of people this is what made him batman was he was batman in this entire trilogy but in 2009 he started batman bruce wayne and this weird um loosely ad- adaptation video game of the arkham asylum book where joker takes over 
the asylum and Batman is going in to stop him. Um, in the end, the two projects couldn't be more different, but the dynamic of having Kevin Conroy as Batman again and then Mark Hamill as Joker was just absolutely fantastic. And you get to spend so much time with him in the video games. It's so intimate. They're in your ears. You're listening to these conversations. You just get to spend so much time. I mean, the games are easily, what, 30, 40 hours? Oh, 100%. Like, they're, if you do everything, they're just gargantuan games. And I remember, in particular, this episode, this one had multiple different, like, post-credit scenes, depending on how you did certain things. <laughs> like, um, if you, you had one scene where, obviously, like, uh, I just won't get into it. There's too many spoilers, but you do certain things. There's some really cool post-credit stuff that hints as the future of Scarecrow and Killer Croc. So it's really cool. You, listen, you, there's not a video game challenge you will not rise to meet. And Batman, you rose to meet it. Yeah, the only video game challenge of this franchise that I did not complete was finding all the Riddler trophies in Arkham Knight. That was the only one mm. I couldn't do because it was so, so much. There's a lot. But... It was. And then uh, following his appearance in Arkham Asylum, he jumped back to animation, did the follow-up of Batman Superman Apocalypse. This one is the one where they ad adapted uh, the Michael Turner story, uh, Supergirl Origin, where um, if you haven't seen this one in particular, check this one out because there are some amazing moments between Batman and Darkseid where he basically threatens to blow up all of Apocalypse by wiring basically the entire explosive cache of Apocalypse and says, if you don't free them, I will destroy your planet. Just Batman <laughs> being a terrorist. You know what I yep. mean? Like, hey, it I'll blow so up good. your whole shit. Yeah. And he's like, and the entire time, he's he's basically armored up with like Orion's bodysuit. Like he's like, I'm I'm a human, but I've got some Apocalypse in tech that's going to keep me going here. Um, and then there's this uh, just awesome fight where uh, Darkseid basically storms the Kent farm and tries to take uh, Supergirl by force. Bunch of Supergirl crazy, bunch of eye laser fight. There's so many oh, eye so, lasers. And this is like a mean old fist fight with the Kent Farm. Super cool. But Kevin kept busy. He jumped immediately into Arkham City, which was, for a lot of people, Arkham City is the crowning achievement of that trilogy. Arkham, Arkham Knight looks the best, hands down, but Arkham City probably had the biggest and best story of the three of them. So it's really and hard to and everyone was so excited for it. It was such a big game. You know what I mean? The buildup to the game was so big. Everyone was excited for it to come out. Yeah. And there was just colossal amounts of, of DLC. There was DLC. There was so many different side stories in this game. There was where they, they introduced, like, you had stuff with Azrael. You had stuff with Hush. You had stuff with the League of Shadows. With Like, there was, like, if you name the character, they were probably somewhere in this game or referenced in it. It was the biggest of the trilogy. But he always kept busy. He went back, back to animation, did a direct uh, to animated movie, Justice League Doom, where they, had, they adapted the Justice League Babel storyline where Batman's uh, computer is hacked and the, the entire JSA is gunned down by Batman's failsafe plans. Yeah, this one's, a, this one's a Batman heavy story as well. This one, you get to spend a lot of fun time with Batman. Um, then back over to video games. The Mortal Kombat team brought him into Injustice, Gods Among Us. And in a game that a lot of people didn't think was gonna was gonna work, because I mean, you have to have you have a very story-driven Batman game, a, a Justice League game, essentially, multiverse story where they jump from one universe to the other. But 
they created this MacGuffin where these these pills could be taken that like just leveled the playing field. You take this pill and Batman is now strong as Superman. So they, they kind of made this MacGuffin so they could just talk and like just fight on a level playing field. It was fantastic. It's got a weird story as well. Like the, the, the but it's nice that Batman's there with you. It's nice that our, our hero Batman from the anime is there with us the whole time. So it's a fun, yeah. it's a fun game. It's a, got a fun storyline. If you're not into fighting games, you can like play the storyline and enjoy it. It's pretty fun. Oh yeah. And leading back into the final bit of the Arkham trilogy, you had the Salt on Arkham animated film, which took place in that universe and had um, Amanda Waller gather her suicide squad in an attempt to go murder the Riddler. And one of the best uh, little bits of this entire thing was that Batman was hiding and pretending to be a member of the squad as he was like disguised as like the tarantula. <laughs> and like yeah. he was doing his thing with them. Until he's like, nope, I'm Batman now, and like took them all down. It was such a cool Batman story. I loved it. That's it a, so yeah, that's a very so fun, fun story. But he kept obviously the Arkham Knight in 2015. Then he jumps into animation again with the adaptation of the Killing Joke, and this one in particular, you brought it up before, was very controversial mm. because they added a whole sequence in the beginning where Batman and Batgirl are a thing and they sleep together, and that was not in the book, but it added this what they felt would add an emotional layer to why Batman was so broken by Joker shooting and paralyzing Barbara and everything in between. I so, think it's a fine, I, I feel like it, it, you know, in the terms of animation, Batman world, it makes sense. They had played with these themes before. I mean, Batman's not spending any time with anybody else. So like, I understand why they went that way. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't against it. I wasn't for it. I was very, you said moderately indifferent. <laughs> well, all whole... of these movies are just a little bit off from what the actual books are. And I think they maybe do that so people still buy the books. They never do a one-to-one -one with what happened. Yeah. And they've gotten close with some, but definitely went very different direction with the others. Yeah. Um, but, and then in the midst of all this, he went back to voicing animated Batman in a Justice League action uh, series that they put out on Cartoon Network. It was meant to be Kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon, just league, like short, kind of like Teen Titans Go at the time. It was like not full episodes, but they were like short episodes made to like cap capture the, the short attention span of kids. Um, they essentially were just little one-offs of like World's Finest, Brave and the Bold kind of style, uh, little team-up episodes. And he did Batman for years in this one. Uh, I should go back and watch Justice League action. I, I don't know if I know many of these stories. They're pretty fun, actually. They... They did a lot of stuff. I remember there was, in particular, a couple episodes with, with Blue Beetle or with uh, Firestorm that they just were like, let's introduce kids to all of these characters and in a medium that's not quite as mature and adult-heavy as the other cartoons are. But let's, let's bring them in. And that's what they did. Um, but then, uh, it's a small handful of remaining projects that he did. He did uh, Injustice 2, which... For a lot of people, there was almost a night and day shift in the overall. In the four years that they took between Injustice 1 and Injustice 2, it was like two completely different games. The engines were completely re-overhauled. He's looking a lot like Ben Affleck in number two. They did, yeah. They, they made a very... Ironically, I always felt that uh, 
this version of Batman, uh, when he was as Bruce Wayne in the opening cinematic, he actually looks a lot like the uh, Superman Returns actor Brandon Routh. That's what I always thought. I was like, sure. I was like, that's weird. Um, but it was a very fun game, and it was also one of the games that allowed you to fully customize every aspect of your heroes. You can kind of like the Mortal Kombat games where you just you fight, you get random pieces of gear, and you can change the shaders, you can change preset costumes, you can just make your own Batman. And it was a lot of fun. And now there's rumblings that Injustice Three is finally happening. I think that's gonna. Uh, I think that's gonna happen. I don't know if it's gonna happen right away, but that sounds like a thing that's gonna happen. I mean, it's been five years. It should happen sooner or later. They should at least tease and say, "Hey, by the way, we are doing this." But the only thing that makes me think that it is happening is the next Mortal Kombat game is like a best of. It's like all the Mortal Kombat's ever made with online modes and stuff like that. So. There's not a, necessarily a ton of development time put into that one, so maybe that means they're working on a new Injustice. But man, Injustice Two had so many characters. I mean, I I wonder who they bring into this one, but it probably is all the new characters that are going to be popping up in the movies. It'll be interesting. Um, and if the rumors are true that they did indeed work on this game for the last few years, it's very possible that Kevin recorded all of his lines as Batman for that one too. Yeah, so that's very true. Ooh, what we a, could see a, a postmortem. Batman billing. Yeah. Which would one be more, pretty cool. One more story. But as he kept going, um, they revisited the animated series again in 2017 with Batman and Harley Quinn. This one, however, um, was extremely mature. There was a lot of a lot of jokes that were made to like Harley Quinn sleeping with Nightwing, and a lot of like, wow, this is not a kid's movie whatsoever. But it was set within that old canon, and it was a lot of it was a weird one, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but it's fun. It's been, at this point, it was, what, 17 years? So it's okay for the character to have grown up a little bit. 100%. Then he did the Just League versus the Fatal Five, which was when they went back to the Just League Unlimited days, brought another story into that timeline, and they introduced Green Lantern Jessica Cruz as they fought the Fatal Five uh, villain team. Lots of fun. But it kind of a lot of people felt that bringing this back again kind of was like why why do this unless you're going to do a lot more of it? Like people were upset that it was just a one off that they wanted more seasons of Just League Unlimited. I I get it I get it I I just feel like they don't know what to do with Justice League. I feel like whatever the next Justice League cartoon we get, it's going to be more in line with whatever the Justice League is moving forward. He also appeared as Batman Bruce Wayne in live action in 2019 in the Crisis on Infinite Earth CW crossover event. In part two, uh, Ruby Rose's Batwoman uh, visited a different timeline where she met an older and future uh, darker take on Batman. This version of Batman had the kind of the Kingdom Come vibes to him with the, the exosuit that he wore to keep himself going. But he also in this world had murdered uh, Superman and among other and just a whole slew of other heroes because he felt that they were not doing enough or they had fallen <laughs> from their grace. Um, That's which is a very great. dark take on him. Yeah. He he even quoted, uh, he made references to like Batman v Superman, but also took it to a further extent. So it was a very darker take on, on Batman. And then lastly, the most recently, I mean, he's done other things outside of Batman. I mean, he was more recently on uh, the Master of the Universe uh, reboot, Master Universe Revelation, he played Merman and allegedly had recorded some more dialogue for season the next season uh, as well. 
but you can check him out most recently where he did the voice of Batman in the Multiverses online game. It's essentially multi. It's essentially Super Smash Brothers with uh, Warner Brothers properties, and it's a lot of fun playing where you can be Batman and fight Shaggy, or you can be Batman and Shaggy tag teaming against uh, a Gremlin and LeBron James from Space Jam. It's super weird. It's great. It's got good production. It's fun. It's got all the. It's a lot of fun. They have a ton, a ton of characters, and it seems like they have a ton more coming out for it. Yeah, they just announced season two starting right now, and they they threw out a whole bunch of new characters. Velma is adding to the mix, but he, Kevin Conroy was Batman for a lot of people for the better part of thirty years. He was Batman. Um, some other things that I found out about him as I was kind of like following him throughout like my life. I mean, he went to Juilliard, which is. If you know anything about acting, Juilliard is one of the top. And yeah. he was in the same homeroom as uh, Robin Williams and Kelsey Grammer. So he, he knew those guys very closely. Who also I would did love work. I would have loved to have been in that class for Shakespeare Day. You know yeah. that these guys all did scenes and stuff like that. Well, the, they're lost to time now in workshops, but I would have loved to have seen that stuff. I mean, he majored in drama. That was his big thing. And he he kind of went on to portray outside of animation. He, he had a, a very strong theater career uh, throughout the 80s. Uh, one thing that I think a lot of people don't know about him is that he was a gay man. And during the 80s, as a gay man living in New York, it was the height of the AIDS epidemic. So he said, and I quote, I went to many funerals that I felt sense of, sense of obligation to portray a character of a and he later did roles specifically to portray what it was like to be a gay man in the 80s. Mm. A lot of people didn't realize that. And then, I mean, he went into TV movies, uh, projects called Covenant, Search for Tomorrow, soap opera stuff. Uh, he ended up playing a gay lawyer named Bart Falmont on Dynasty for a, a couple seasons. So a lot of people knew him from his time on Dynasty because that was like the show of the 80s, apparently. That's before my right? time. I only knew him as Batman. Yeah. Um, and then after that, he jumped into animation. Like that was like the big one is that after he did a bunch of these daytime soaps and all these other projects, he went into becoming Batman. And that's where most people know him from is Batman. Um, he, I mean, he did a lot of fun stuff for charity, a lot of fun stuff for, for comic cons. Um, as they were leading into the dark Knight rises, he redubbed some of the, the dark Knight scenes from Christian Bale. In that Batman voice, and there's really cool videos online where you can be uh, Kevin Conroy, the Dark Knight, and he does the entire ending monologue. The uh, sometimes people need more, sometimes they need to have their faith rewarded. Like he did that whole five minute sequence in that Batman's voice, which was a lot of fun. That's really great. Uh, I I'm so happy that his voice resonated with the audience, and that he was able to continue it, and that it resonated with them and. We got so many great projects because they were writing to his voice, you know, that you're writing Batman, but it's something to know what Batman sounds like. And I feel like sometimes even in my head, that's what he sounds like. He definitely does. I mean, in my head, every time I read a Batman comic, I, that's the voice that I use. Mm. Like that's even in like newer comics, right? Like I'll go into like the flash movie tie in comic or even like the dark Knights of steel, which is like a D and D style Justice League story. 
I'll read these ones and I'll be like, Kevin Conroy is still Batman in this. This is my inner monologue. He's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. But he had such a profound impact on pretty much everyone who knows this character. And from. Uh, uh, do are there rumblings of who the next, you know, who do you think, do you think that we just get a new Batman for every project or do you think we'll get somebody for a long time? We've had new Batmans for a lot of different projects and they've kind of came and went and that's yeah. how it's always been. It's been ironic that between all these little gaps, we have all these other side projects where they'd introduce a new Batman. Wouldn't take, they go back to Kevin Conroy. Yeah. They'd do one-offs, go back to new character, go back to Kevin Conroy. They just go, go through it all. So he he passed away this last week on November 10th at age 66. Um, during the time, he did not tell anyone that he was sick. No one in the public knew that he had cancer, but he did pass away at Mount Sinai Hospital with intestinal cancer. Mm. Um, from my understanding, it was a very short battle, but it was it's what eventually he succumbed to. Uh, following his death, um, and the internet just kind of went in full force. I mean... Batman itself, Kevin Conroy, all of those key phrases began trending on Twitter, reaching almost about half a million tweets in less than 24 hours. Just people reminiscing about what he meant to them. Um, you had other notable actors who worked with them. Mark Hamill, Tara Strong, Steve Blum, Nolan North, Matthew Mercer, Andrea Romano, the voice, like the, the casting coordinator for all of these shows, Paul Dini, the writer of the animated series, George Takai, Linda Carter, even James Gunn all went to Twitter and social media to express their heartfelt tributes to this actor and what he meant to the character. Um, and then in Burbank, California, across from the Warner Brothers lot, there's this notable cafe corner that has a big Batman statue and people have found that they've been just dumping flowers and candles and tributes to Kevin Conroy at this iconic statue. For a lot of people, Kevin was Batman and always will be Batman. That's very that's very cool to hear that, um, and I would love. I mean, maybe maybe we can get a Kevin Conroy statue up at that uh, at that shop. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if not there at Warner Brothers Animation. I mean, they literally built the night. I mean, he brought back all of those other shows are based on the success of the Batman the animated series, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and he. He was Batman. He brought humanity to this character. He he is the reason why people on Twitter will argue that Batman has a code, that Batman doesn't kill, because they will because this version of Batman is their Batman. This is the one that is ingrained in their memories, is their iconic version of the character. When they see as the the upper echelon, the top tier, the the golden stamped Batman, this is him. So every other, it's like, it's always been ironic that every other version of Batman that will ever exist in animation or live action, they have to go against his gold standard. One of the biggest right. controversies of Batman v Superman, when Zack Snyder first came out with his version of Batman, the Batman who has fallen and lost his way and has now started to kill people, they were like, Batman doesn't kill because the Batman I grew up with, Kevin Conroy, never did this. Like, people would argue because of this version of Batman. I mean, it's a, it, it, the body of work stands for itself. And it's nice that, you know, this isn't going to be that there are box sets. There are streaming. You can go and enjoy this content. It's not going to be going away any, anytime soon, which is very nice. Yeah. 
I mean, there's countless bodies of work that people can find and can consume of him, and his legacy will continue. He will be Batman for generations to come. So it's it's going to be... He is synonymous with Batman as even Christopher Reeve is with Superman. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think anybody in the know... He is a huge swatch because, I mean, he was the constant. You know, movies were good or bad, but the show was so constant. And when you're a kid, that quality was just there week to week. Yeah. But with that, um, I think that's where we will kind of wrap it. I mean, there's not much else to say other than that he will be missed. His legacy will continue to live on. And he is the Batman that effectively defined my love for the character from from my earliest memories of that character until now he is still the version of batman i will always turn to he's the version of batman i've introduced my sons to right both my boys watch the animated series and they this is the one that they're going to grow up with still i i i can't even listen i mean i feel like we're this this you know this is just one of many great voice actors to come. I feel like there's a number of them that are getting up there in age right now. And eventually the nice lady who does Goku is going to pass on and that's going to be a tough day for me as well. So I, uh, yeah, it is, uh, how, what a, what a blessing to have him be committed to this for so long and bring such a high level of a high standard to something that could have been laughed off. And it wasn't, it became a thing and it still is a thing. It was. And and mind you, in 1992, when they first decided, let's make a, a serious take on Batman. Let's do this on TV. Let's do it in animation. No one thought they were going to pull it off. No one thought, like, oh, cartoons have to be like Looney Tunes. Cartoons have to be lighthearted and childish. Not things that will win Emmys. Not things that will tackle dark subjects like child trafficking or drug abuse. Like Things like that were handled in this show and there are very very dark episodes of the show that are burned into like an entire generation of children's minds yeah about these kind of like lessons there was there was even an episode of batman animated series where essentially cool hand luke where he was captured put in this like prison had to sweat it out in the box and like literally whole episode where he wasn't batman where he was like stuck in this alternate persona because he got captured as that persona yeah like this show will live on as a testament to his body of work mm. but thank you everyone for joining us and thank you kevin for being the batman of our generation 